Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, getting ready for Sunday and beyond. I'm Dale Meyer. The gospel lesson for this coming Sunday is the temptation of Jesus by Satan. Let me set it up this way. I'm fascinated by this key fob. Just push a button and something invisible goes from the key to the car to open it, to lock it, or if I'm not careful, to set off the alarm. Cell phones are the same way. Some invisible things going on between the phone and satellites in space. The story of Jesus' temptation invites us to think about other unseen forces in our lives. Okay, Pastor and Vicar, I'm sending a signal. Start the conversation. Welcome to all of our listeners. Today we are going to talk about Lent. It's coming up fast. Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. And after that, we will be fully in the season of Lent. So that's what we want to talk about and focus on today is look at how the readings for the next week or so really prepare us to enter into this new church season. And Lent is a beautiful season, and it's self-reflective, it's introspective, and it really helps us understand our relationship with God through Jesus. Ash Wednesday, we do this really interesting thing called the imposition of ashes. And the pastor will mark the your forehead and will say, from dust you came and dust you shall return. And coming from the, the pastoral perspective, I did this to one of my newborn daughters. Mm. And it was so humbling to look at this truly looks like an innocent baby. And you just said, death is coming. And we should hear that. And we should understand why death is coming. The wages of sin is death. And Ash Wednesday is that immediate reminder. Oof. Well, what's really great about this is we're not left there. Right. We don't, uh, we're not stuck. You're not marked with this death mark. And then for 40 days, that's all we dwell on. The great thing about this is you really actually do get to wash your face. Mm -hmm. And washing your face reminds you of baptism and that you're not left in this death. In fact, the death that we suffer is only for a moment. I, I lo love uh, Jesus and St. Paul. When they speak of death, they equate it or connect it to sleep. Yes. Uh, that's as bad as death is. It's, I, I think it was in one of the, the Psalms uh, a yeah. few weeks ago as well, talked about uh, death as sleep. Yeah. And, and with that, we do take this opportunity to be reminded, I am sinful. I am in need of salvation. And that comfort, that hope, and that promise is only found in Jesus. And when I remember this, it helps me to cling to those promises. And that's what Lent is all about. It's 40 days, and it really is, I am a sinner, mm -hmm. and being reminded. And it's not to be beat up. It's not to make you feel bad and to be in this constant perpetual state of mourning, but recognizing the depths that God went through in Jesus 
to save, rescue, and redeem you. Yeah. What's really neat about this is the gospel lesson for Ash Wednesday is Jesus. It's all Jesus speaking, and he's simply saying, you do not have to practice your righteousness so that everybody can see it. False righteousness, self-righteousness. He talks about those who are fasting, don't make it look hard. <laughs> do not be um, grumpy. Don't, um, he says, uh, make your face look like you are fasting. Right, like don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And, and I, I think I hear, I think there's two ways you can hear this actually. Mm -hmm. I think you can hear this as uh, condemnation and as freedom. Mm -hmm. So the the condemnation part, uh, Jesus is speaking against a religious practice at the time, right? Where things like fasting were very public affairs. Uh, think of it like how when someone posts that they're going on a juice cleanse on Facebook, and they want everybody to know uh, that this is happening. They post, or or even worse, say going vegan. Uh, you will be aware that they are going vegan. They will make sure that you know. And that's kind of what fasting was like at the time. You will know that they are that they are suffering. You will know that they are, are doing this. Um, and oh. so that's the, that's the condemnation part right. is, is don't do that. Right. And, and not only with that, though, is now sometimes I'm going to outfast you. Oh, yeah. And look at me. And again, like you were saying, you know, it becomes about – the me, the I, what am I doing? Right. And exactly, that, that is the condemnation. Don't do that. Now, here's the, the freedom part. The, the good news is uh, it's not something that you have to prove publicly. In other words, um, it's not on you to make this big show of it. You don't have to do that. You don't have to make sure everybody knows. There's not this this pressure of social performance on you either to the sense that I'm not going to come up to you and say, why aren't you doing this? Uh, why don't you look like you're suffering? To the sense that you don't have to do that. You don't have to put on a face. You don't have to, to look a certain way um, to go through this. And, and I find that rather freeing actually, uh, especially in an age where we are all about comparisons um, quite a bit. Yeah, when Jesus offers the freedom to fast, this is for the strengthening of your faith mm -hmm. and the strengthening of your relationship with your Lord. Now, again, if you're using that for show, you don't have the faith that is promised and given and delivered through the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus is calling out. Exactly. Um, he flat out says, don't be a hypocrite. Uh, it, and it's don't be showy, don't be look at me, because faith becomes this natural thing and it's a state of being. Mm -hmm. It's not a checklist. It's not I do this, God does that. We live out our faith in a natural way. And if you want to deny yourself something to help better strengthen your faith, you have the freedom to do that any time you want. Right. Lent is not the only time you can fast. Fast anytime, which really simply means giving something up. And it helps us, and it's supposed to help us, focus on how much did Christ give up and sacrifice. Right. And again, it shows his love. It shows his work for us. I've heard stories, and I don't know how true this is, and I think it's really interesting, 
uh, monks, mm-hmm. they would fast for the, the 40 days. And yeah. They would give up uh, various foods and whatnot, and they would eat enough to keep themselves alive. Right. They're not starving themselves, but they're definitely doing some bodily uh, denial. Yeah. But this was also the season that they would make the most pastoral visits. Mm. And I, I continuing to read this, it was because, and I don't know about you, but if I don't eat, I get cranky and grumpy and I oh, don't Oh, I'm go. exactly the same way. I I become hangry very quickly <laughs> if I don't get my uh, my food. Well, and, and that was the thing because now I have to deal with somebody and I have to keep my emotions in check. Mm. I have to keep my body in check because I'm dealing with those who are hurting, suffering, sick, and so on and so forth. And this really helps the self-denial, but it also puts us in a wonderful perspective. Mm, yeah. How do I get to help? You know, you said something there, uh, a self-denial. And I want to I want to think about that for a little bit because uh, it almost seems wrong. Denying yourself? No, you want to be yourself. You want to be true to yourself. Um, but remember, Lent is also about remembering how, how sinful we are and how that sin leads to death. And because we are people that know that, self-denial actually isn't a bad thing because we recognize that our condition that we have is a sinful one, and we want to deny that. Right. Um, you know, uh, Paul talks about uh, putting to death the old Adam and being born new in Christ. Uh, is that a, a form of, of self-denial, denying who you really are? In a sense, yes. Um, but also to step into this new identity, this new reality of who you are in Christ. Um, and Lent just helps helps us remember that and be reminded of that. Oh, absolutely, because with that, it really changes our perspective and gives us an identity in Christ. It points us to his strength, his mercy, his love, his work, and helps us. And this denial is not that I'm going to destroy the body because it's not good for anything. Right. And if I can just break out of this, then I will truly be free. No, Jesus comes in the flesh to redeem the body. The body is good. We want to make that that clear. But it also needs to be controlled. I know in my sermons, uh, I will say uh, that we are not to give into the the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you were there when I was talking to the uh, uh, catechumens, but I I presented this situation. I'm going to give you a chocolate cake, Mm -hmm. a whole chocolate cake. It's completely yours. And a nice, beautiful head, bunch, whatever it is, of broccoli. Now, I love broccoli. I love raw broccoli. But given a choice, I don't care if I'm hungry or not hungry, (laughs) I'm going to choose chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. It tastes good. It feels good. It looks good. It smells good. Broccoli doesn't even really smell good. It doesn't smell bad. Yeah. But I know what the healthy choice is. Right. I know what the good choice is. Nine times out of ten. You're going to choose the chocolate cake. And I'm going to eat the whole thing in one sitting. And <laughs> See, that, that's on you. I, yes. I'm, I'm putting that on you. <laughs> but but that's the thing. How, how do we deny the self? And can I eat the chocolate cake? Yes. How about I eat a slice? Mm-hmm. How about I eat a little bit of it? But make sure that I am feeding myself and, again, doing the literal eating the correct and right thing for the benefit of my body. But we're supposed to do this spiritually. What do we consume? 
Does it help my faith? Does it strengthen my faith? Sure. Or am I feeding the flesh so I can just feel good, so I can get that warm and fuzzy feeling for the sake of that warm, fuzzy feeling? And that, yeah. that's what Lent helps us to think about and wrestle with. And if you do give something up and you end up partaking in, uh, I remember one year I gave up Oreos. I can eat a, a package of Oreos in one sitting. I, I don't have an <laughs> off button for that. But if you, you know, so you gave up Oreos, but then you find yourself eating Oreos, that's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. That just shows, okay, now this is a something that you need to work on. Repent. And why did you do this? What is this? Why, you know, and it really does become an opportunity to look at yourself. Right. And I think it's good to remember, one, we're not saying you have to give up no. anything. Um, but if you do, it's not denial for denial's sake. Right. It is for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to try to focus on, on Christ, to try to focus on what he went through for us, um, who we are in sin, but also who we are in our identity in him. And so, um, you know, don't just give up something because you want to, say, lose weight, for example, because you're eating too many Oreos. Right. Um, uh, don't, don't just, you know, do denial for denial's sake. Um, but, you know, find ways to deny things that are part of your sinful nature or things that are distracting you from Christ. Um, because the goal is to to focus on him. That's the the goal of the, the season. And uh, to return back to the passage we were talking about for Ash Wednesday, you know, Jesus talking about these Pharisees, like, don't make this this public thing, you know, all of these things. I, I think one of the big reliefs of that is, is you don't have to prove your faith. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to prove you're a good Christian by giving something up for Lent because we don't prove our faith by doing good works. We don't do – we don't prove our faith by – denying ourselves even. Uh, our faith is proven by what Christ has done for us, and it's given to us in a way that we can uh, fully be certain of it through the sacraments like baptism and, and the Lord's Supper and through the, the spoken word uh, that we experience in church. That's where we find the assurance of our faith, not in our own actions and stuff like that. And Jesus says that in the, the Gospel lesson for Ash Wednesday, after each situation that he calls out the hypocrites, at the end he says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Mm -hmm. Not like those who want to be seen, because they've already seen, they've already gotten their reward. They got the attention, they got the, um, the cheers of whoever they're trying yeah. to impress. That doesn't earn your salvation. That doesn't earn heaven. And God, your Father, who sees in secret, the one that you have a relationship with in Christ, he's the one that has prepared the ultimate reward, of course, salvation and forever, which really brings us into the first Sunday of Lent. Right. So again, Lent really, again, shows us we can't do it and that we're sinful, but we're not left hopeless. We're not left in despair because we have Jesus who really does come and does it for us. Yeah. And this doesn't mean that we now have the freedom to eat the chocolate cake and all the Oreos <laughs> and then live a healthy life. No, we get to live the healthy life in the resources that he gives to us because we have that freedom. And the gospel lesson for Lent 1 is right out uh, it is Jesus baptism and going out into the wilderness. And I love St. Mark because Mark really says, 
And Jesus was baptized and went out into the desert to be tempted. He covers this in like two sentences. Yes. And a lot, a lot is happening in this text. And one of the big things that I want to kind of hammer home is that Jesus is baptized. Mm-hmm. The perfect son of God enters into a sinner's baptism. Yes, the, a baptism for repentance, right. a baptism for turning away. Now, now why? Well, yeah, what does he have to repent? And um, I heard uh, uh, one of our, our catechumens uh, a couple years ago said that um, Jesus is like a holy sponge. And I, I really <laughs> thought this was a great picture. And the idea that um, if you work in the field or, or work in the dirt and you go take a shower, all that dirt is washed off of you. Well, that's what baptism is. All your sin, all the filth is washed off of you, and you get out of the baptismal waters. Well, what about all that filth? Well, it's there in that water. And then Jesus enters in, and all that filth, all that death is washed on him. Mm. He takes the position. He takes the place of you, of me, and you, dear listener. He takes on the sin as if he did it. So he's entering into this this baptism, not for the forgiveness of his sins, but to, in a certain substitute himself uh, yeah. for us to take those on himself, um, as well as, as we know here, that he's anointed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but this event really leads us into our, our focus here, which is Jesus going out into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days, which might sound uh, that that amount of days might sound familiar to you because it's also the length of of Lent. Yes, and so Jesus goes out in the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, to be tempted by Satan himself. And I think this is really interesting on a lot of levels. Um, we see Satan coming and revealing himself to tempt the very Son of God. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is it's not like. It's not like Satan doesn't know who that is. Yeah. You already have demons calling Jesus out. I know who you are, the son of the living God. They know who he is. Right. And he comes to tempt him? Well, uh, I'll throw out here, and I won't throw out the answer. I'll just throw out the question. I was talking with one of the professors at Concordia Seminary, and he told me that one of the trick questions they ask seminarians when they are are graduating is, uh, could Jesus— sin? And I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to throw that question out there um, as as part of how we're thinking about this temptation here. Mm -hmm. And also remember, when we hear this, we're also reading the end of the story into what's happening. We know who Jesus is. We know what he will do. Remember that for those hearing this for the first time, they don't necessarily know that yet. They know that he's gone through this baptism and that God has said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, but do they know who Jesus really is yet? Um, and maybe, you know, taking a step back and, and letting go of our assumptions and, and reading the story uh, the right way through first before we read the ending back mm-hmm. in might help us think about that too. Well, and with that, we, we got to realize, and you brought it out, in baptism, this substitute, this action of, of vicarious, he's taking yeah. on something that really isn't his. Right. But he does this willfully wanting and uh, for the joy set before him, he suffered Mm -hmm. death, even death on the cross. But this is a bigger thing because he's fulfilling what we could not do. Right. He's fulfilling what Israel, the promised nation, the 
people of God could not do. Again, the, right. the number 40, how many years did Israel wander in the desert? Yeah, they went out into the desert and they were were tested for for 40 years and they they failed. Yes. You know, often they, they did not they did not succeed in that. I also think of uh of Noah and how the the 40 days rain yeah. um brought a, a death that no one could escape from except by the grace of God. Well, Moses uh he hangs out on Mount Sinai for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and he comes down, and of course, the the Israelites have made the false uh, idol. Um, but the law, the yeah. law is brought through this, and, and it's a day of reckoning, and so on and so forth. So the number the number forty comes up a few times, um, and um, it's often tests that people can't pass or tests that they fail. So, for example, Moses goes up on the mountain. Does Israel does Israel pass this forty day test? They are not they faithful do not. at all. Do they pass the forty years in the desert? No, no. Uh, and then I, I connected Noah to this as well. All of the people, you know, who were not on the ark. Um, this is less a, a test of them, like, oh, are you gonna you gonna pass, and more of a of a judgment thing. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly the, the giving of the law. That's a judgment. Yeah, right. And, and we fail. We fail completely and utterly. Well, let's let's connect Lent again. The, the 40 yeah. days of Lent, you know, Pastor Wright was saying earlier, like, are you going to pass whatever self-imposed restrictions you put on if you do? But even if you don't do that, what about even just trying to live according to God's will for mm-hmm. those 40 days? Are you going to succeed at that? And uh there to say, and I, I speak only for myself. I don't think I will. Yeah. Um, so we, we fail all of these, all of these tests. And I don't think we think of Jesus in the wilderness as this thing where he's substituting for us very often. But I think you're absolutely right to point that out. That this too, is a substitution. This too is Christ doing what we could not for us. Well, and uh, through the Gospel of Saint Matthew, we hear the words of Satan. If you are really the son of God, mm. make these stones bread. If you're really the son of God, bow down and worship me. If, you know, so on and so forth. And every time Jesus speaks, he quotes scripture. And he quotes the fulfillment in himself. Mm-hmm. It is here. And when he says, go away, Satan actually leaves. And we get to see that this is our victory in him. Yeah, We didn't do it. I cannot withstand the temptations of Satan. I can't even withstand my fleshly temptation. Yeah. I can't withstand my own sin. But thanks be to God, Jesus did. Yeah. And does. And I really like that present tense Mm -hmm. because we we can't look at it as this happened once and now I need to struggle through it. You and I will continue to struggle with sin, but salvation is still promised. Forgiveness is still promised delivered in the midst of my sin, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my suffering, yeah. which means that I actually do get to bear my sin in my salvation. Mm-hmm. And this is really hard because now how am I a full saint as I am a full sinner? Mm, right. I'm 100% sinner, 100% saint, but I'm only 100% of me. And we're often, you know, unsatisfied with that too. Right. You know, unsatisfied with the fact that we're 100% sinner and 100% saint, as you should be actually, right. as you should be unsatisfied. With and, and that's the struggle of Lent. It really, really shows us the, the tension that we have yeah. on this side of heaven. And Lent brings that tension out 
but also as we hear about Jesus in the wilderness reminds us the battle against temptation has been won yes. for us by Christ because of the forgiveness that he gives. The battle is won because even if we give into temptation, our faith, what we have in faith, can never be taken away because it is it is grounded in Christ who did not fail the temptation. Right. Uh, who went through these 40 days of, of temptation and came out the other side still pure and holy. That is now counted on to us. That is now given to us. And so the battle against temptation is won because of him. And, and I also want to say, because God said so. <laughs> yes. And I really like that. And it, it's not uh, to dismiss or, or you know just to, to say it. Because God said so. And it was given to us in Christ. Judgment comes for you and has already been paid in Christ. Freedom. And this is where we get to look to Easter. And this is why we get to look to the resurrection. And that's why we get to look at death knowing it does not have power. Yeah. And we move and live in the freedom of the gospel as we suffer on this side of heaven, let it be in the flesh, let it be in our relationships, let it be in creation. Everything's corrupt, but will be restored and renewed, which we already have and not yet in its fullness. And again, that, that's a hard thing, and we'll continue that right. discussion throughout Lent, and that'll come up often, because again, it, it's a lot of self-retrospective, uh, introspective, and, and it's hard yeah, because you're asking yourself to be true with yourself. Yeah. And Lent's, I don't like that. Lent's a season, I think, of honesty, yeah. uh, of seeing things how they really are. Right. Um, that's, that's kind of how I see Lent. And that's what we encourage you, the listener, to do is to look at yourself for, for who you are honestly, to sit in that tension, that saint and sinner tension, and be uncomfortable with it. Be unsatisfied with it. Repent. Uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, try to turn away from those things, um, but also know that the victory has been won for you in Christ, and never never let go of that hope. Uh, you don't have to be gloomy all mm. of Lent, because your honesty with yourself also includes honesty in who Christ says you are and who God says you are through Christ, so that you can also be honest and say, "I am a child of God." redeemed and perfect in his eyes. That's looking at yourself honestly too. And, and again, not to be funny, because God said so. Right. And that's the joy of the church because God delivers Christ, the word, the very word of God for your forgiveness and life. And that's exactly what you get to hear at Holy Cross. We are entering into the season of Lent and we will have our midweek services on Wednesday yeah. at 4 o'clock. And then we'll have our continued services on the weekends. Hear this as an invitation to join us either in person or live stream, which is at 8 o'clock. And please also share this podcast. Engage. Ask questions. Uh, we would love to hear you and we would love to participate in your life as you continue and as you enter into this season of Lent. Now, before we go, I just want to add that just like last week, we also have a link where you can respond to some questions by us and maybe ask us some of your own questions. That link is in the description and in the post. 
attached to this episode. So be sure to go out and fill that out if you'd like to connect with us. Thank you. There's a bigger world out there than we might realize. Life is not just getting up, going to work, raising the kids, paying the bills, on and on and on and on. There's a greater, a richer meaning to life that comes to us from getting into the Bible and joining in the life of the church. Jesus shows us how to overcome evil and have life in all its fullness. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, please share it with a friend and family member. And please continue today's conversation by contacting pastor and vicar at getrightforsunday at gmail.com. Services at Holy Cross Lutheran Church are six o'clock Saturday evening and Sunday morning at eight and 10.30. That eight o'clock service is live streamed on our Facebook page and our website. Midweek Lenten worship is at four on Wednesday. So thank you, Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper, and thank you for joining us with these amazing devices. We're getting ready for Sunday and beyond. Join us again next week for Get Right for Sunday.